So one of the things that I love so much about the God that we serve is that he is close, he is near, he cares. And that he delights to be with us. Like the Bible says that he actually enjoys us. And it's just a beautiful thing. In, in the book of, in the book of uh, Zephaniah, the Bible talks about God dancing over us. And that's just how much our Father loves us. And so I want to say thank you for joining us tonight at the prayer meeting. I believe God's going to do some amazing things in your life. I believe you're going to experience breakthrough. I believe there's healing in the house tonight. I believe that there's, um, there's moments of deliverance that are going to happen. I believe that the prayers that we pray in just a moment are going to transform Southeast Texas for the next 20 years. So I want to say thank you so much for being here. You guys can go ahead and grab a seat. It's with my great privilege to be able to introduce to you my pastor. You know, every everybody needs a pastor, right? Even pastors need pastors. And this is my pastor. His name is Donnie Flippo. And so if y'all could give a big redemption welcome to Donnie Flippo. Hey, pastor. Wow, wow. What an honor. Thank you. Let me do that again. No, no thank you so much. Hey, I do, uh, while they were singing the song, uh, I think the New Wine song, um, I, I believe this is a word for several people tonight for later for you to respond to this word, okay? So some of you are going through the crushing process right now. That's how you make wine. And you're, you've been asking God, why don't he pour out some new things in your life? And he says, the reason I haven't poured it in you yet is because you're an old vessel that won't stretch. And so tonight, if you will allow yourself to be stretched, to get out of your comfort zone, the very thing you've been asking for him to do, you've been feeling the crushing, but you've been trying to get him to pour the new wine in the old habits the old skin, the old way you've been doing things. He says, so tonight, I will grant it. I will pour out my spirit in you, but I need you to stretch and, and be willing to enter in. And if you'll do that, you will experience new wine. Isn't that a good word? Wow, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing that to us. Wow, so your, your pastor is uh, just the greatest pastor in Beaumont and just loves the Lord. I'm telling you, what an honor, what a privilege, and I mean that for me to stand up here and just to see what God's doing and to be a part of it, and to be a part of it. Your pastor was telling me that you're going through psalms and learning how to pray and to praise through psalms. And so um, we're going to look at uh, 120, chapter 121. And it's probably a chapter you're familiar with. But it says in the New King James, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. But he, look at this, but he who keeps you 
will not slumber. Isn't that a good thing? Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from the time from this time forward and ever forevermore. Father, thank you for your word. I know it's anointed. Thank you for anointing me tonight. Thank you for anointing the people tonight. Thank you for the word already that has been spoken. Thank you for the worship. Now, may the seed that you've ready to plant into their hearts, may it sprout and begin to bring forth some 30-fold, some 60, some 100, and may we see the empowering impact of your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you tonight about, he says, to look up from where your help comes from. You know, all of us, we like... um, I don't know. I know Beaumont means beautiful mountain, and about the only mountain you got is an overpass in Beaumont, right? And uh, but I, I do. I love the mountains. I love going up and into the mountains. We uh, take motorcycle trips and go up on the Colorado mountains and go up in the mountains of Arkansas and, and the mountains up in Oklahoma and different places. The mountains in Tennessee. And uh, so I love riding up in the mountains. There's something about going up the hill. Uh, I, I like when I'm going and traveling different places, you see these big rocks. It just makes you want to pull the vehicle over and climb one of them. Amen. And that's not the wisest thing to do, but it just, you just want to do it. And uh, so I, I want to talk to you just for a moment about looking up. Uh, David knew something about looking up, uh, David being a shepherd boy and knowing how to tend to sheep and, and the type of country he was in. He understood the importance of the mountainside and the protection you could get from a mountainside. But just from, not just from that natural standpoint, David understood the importance of looking up beyond his circumstances, beyond the things that he was seeing at this level and beyond the things that were going on around him. He knew the importance of looking up. But before I, I give you the points of looking up and why we should look up, uh, we got to remember why it's, not import, why it's very important not to be looking down. And David discovered that himself, and he got in a low place. Many times, you'll see David, he had high highs, and he had low lows. And, uh, and, and so he understood why it was important to tell you to look up from where your help comes from. And so uh, David was at a low point in his life. And, you know, I, I, I noticed that people, when they get discouraged, they tend to always look down. Uh, if, you, if you watch them when they're walking, they're looking down. They're holding their head down. I noticed that when people are full of pride, they'll look down on others. And, um, and which is, is a sign of just the heaviness of the weight. Well, David encountered an experience where it not only he looked down, but it brought him down. It was a time when the kings should have been at battle. It said that this was a season that kings would go out to battle, but David stayed home. Things were going well for David. The kingdom was flourishing. Finally, he was in his position of authority, and David decided instead of going out to battle... He went out on his rooftop and he looked down and he seen Bathsheba. 
And how many knows that brought him down? It brought some hardship in his life, brought bloodshed in his, in his own family. And it was a very difficult time. So David understood that if you're not careful, the enemy will set up opportunities for you to always be looking down. And when he does, it is a downward spiral. And you have to be careful not to fall into that trap. But why, but David, why would David tell us to look up when, when is that a natural thing? I mean, where would he get this look up to from where your uh, help comes from? Well, it really, if we'll start all the way back, we can see it with Abraham. Remember uh, our father of faith, Abraham, when God got him and said, if you can, I want you to look up and I want you to count the stars. If you can count the stars, you'll be able to count your descendants, the blessings that I will give you. But Abraham got a little uh, impatient of waiting and so did Sarah and so she uh, offered up uh, one of her helpers, her maid hands, and so they created an Ishmael. I want you to know when you quit looking up, you're going to create Ishmaels. That's the work of the flesh. It's, it's just our human nature to do that. In other words, God, I've been waiting on you. I've been praying. And you know, when we're reading through the Bible, we're reading where God spoke to Abraham, and Abraham went out into the country, and he believed God. But it took him 25 years to get that promise. Some of us don't want to wait 25 minutes for the promise. I mean, we want a McDonald's God. You know, we pull up over here and take the order, and then we go around and thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for my Big Mac. Amen. And so then we want to be about our way. Well, so we don't understand when we're reading through the Bible, we read in chapter 11 and something happens, you know, God speaks to him, and then by chapter 18, wow, just a few chapters later, it happens. That's awesome. A lot of years went by in those chapters. And there's some chapters in your life that may be moving slow. But I want you to know you will get to the end of it if you'll continue to move forward. But so they were, David, he looked down, but so did we find that we started seeing when people looked down, they would begin to, something would begin to happen. But there was one group of people that you remember that they decided that they wasn't going to look, they wanted to look down, but first they wanted to build up. It was the tower. Remember they wanted to build a tower up into the heavens to where they could be able to look down. And so when pride comes, pride will begin to exalt you to a place to where you want to begin to look down on others instead of looking up. To him, you look to yourself and look down on others. So God didn't like that at all. He says, you know what? We'll just go down and we'll just change our language where they don't understand a word that they're saying and they won't be able to lay another brick. Could you imagine showing up for work day that day? <laughs> what? What are you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with everybody around? Y'all all went crazy. What's the heat's messed with y'all. Y'all have all had strokes or something. God just really rocked the world. He says, look, you're not going to exalt yourself above me. God will not allow you to exalt yourself above him. But not only that, we notice that Jesus dealt with the thing that Satan was pulling on all mankind. Not only did, he, uh, did the enemy try to get Abraham to look at this level. Not only did he try to get the civilization to look down. But he tried to get Jesus to look down. You remember when he took him up to a very high mountain. And he says look at all the cities. Look down. And I'll give them to you. If you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus said get away from me. 
wow, get away from me. Because he knew the importance of looking up. And that's the key is that you have to understand is that when you're going through life, it's easy for you to look down. Matter of fact, I, I see it more than ever. Our society is always looking down. They're just looking down as they're walking. Matter of fact, we are well programmed and looking down and cars are coming by and we're like, hey, hey, and we're still looking down where we're going. When we're shopping, we're looking down. When we're, when we're at the restaurant, we're looking down and not looking across and we don't even see what is obvious in front of us sitting right across the table that is precious to us because we're looking down. But we have to be careful not to always be looking down. Because did you know that if you're looking down when you come out of the store and it's about 8 o'clock at night, it's not really safe for you because you're not aware of your surroundings. So the enemy wants you to look down to where he can attack. But if you'll begin to look up, you'll begin to see things in a different perspective. And so that's the thing we want to do for you tonight is help you to see things in a different perspective. So I want to talk to you about how to look up and why it's important to look up. Number one, if you are taking note, the children of Israel were taught to look up as soon as they came out of bondage. As soon as he brought them out of bondage, what did he do? By night, he had the fire, the pillar of fire. And by day, he had the cloud. He constantly would make them look up. And did you know they could not move camp until the cloud moved or till the fire moved at night? Matter of fact, at night, because they were in the desert, the fire would keep them warm and hover over them. By day, the sun would get really hot in the desert and the clouds would keep them cool and would lead them. I want you to know God knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly where you are. He knows how to exactly to get you where you need to go. All you've got to do is move with him, go with him, follow him, and he'll keep you cool in the day and he'll keep you warm in the night. Amen. So he taught the children of Israel the importance of looking up because in slavery they were always looking down. They were taught not to look to their superiors. They were taught to bow their head. They were taught to look down. God says, I need you to quit acting like a slave and start acting like a son. Amen. I need you to look up and I need you to realize by looking up, that's where your help comes from. It's not in all of these things around you. It's not in yourself, but it is in me. So he created the children of Israel to look up. So they began to look up. They began to, they had to look up. They always, every day they had to see if the clouds moving. Every night they had to see if the pillar of fire is moving. Before they went to bed, they checked the pillar of fire and to make sure. And then they realized that if it moved, they need to move. And sometimes we're reluctant to move. I mean, you know, when you get your pad and everything just set up, I mean, you've got your tent set up. You got your cot put out. I mean, you've even put your new uh, little brick stove in, amen? And you're just, you're just getting comfortable, kick back. And they go, oh, trumpet blows. We got to go. You got to be, we just got here. What do you mean we got to go? Sometimes you'll come into a place like this and all of a sudden you're like, I just, this is my second service. And they want me to just run in and open my heart to Jesus and let him do whatever he wants. Wait a minute. Let me just get to know you first, right? Before I go that far in. But God wants you to know you can trust him. You can trust him. That's really what he was trying to teach the children of Israel throughout that whole time. Just trust 
me. Just trust me. You know, that's, that's a beautiful place to be, but that's hard to do. When people have told you, trust me, and they were betraying you. Trust me. And when they were doing things behind your back, trust me. Boy, and then when God says, trust me, you think, man, I've heard that before, and that hurts. But I want you to know, God will never leave you, nor forsake you, nor abandon you, nor destroy you, nor cast you down, nor allow you to go through the hurts and the pains that you've encountered through mankind. God's not that way. God is not a God that he should lie. He's not like a man. He's not going to lie. He's a God that tells the truth and he speaks to it. So we see that. In Exodus chapter, if you want to read it when you get home, chapter 13, verse 21 through 22, where they begin to follow and trust the Lord. And then all of a sudden we see that the second thing is Christ taught us to look up. Christ, he, he never come to do away with the law to fulfill the law. And the Pharisees were constantly afraid that he was going to take away from the foundation. And sometimes when new things if we call them new, there's really nothing new under the sun. I mean, some of you think having groceries delivered to you is a new thing. Did you know in the early uh, 50s, the milkman would bring the milk bottles to your front door? Did, did you know the egg man would bring the eggs and the butter to your front door? I know, it's crazy. There's nothing new under the sun. You thought, man, we are hip. We are savvy. We got food delivered in a box right to our house. And uh, no, 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 you're so far behind. You're so far behind. I'll tell you, they were doing that cutting edge stuff way. You said, well, you know what? I could pull up at Walmart and they'll bring my groceries out. They were doing that. They called it full service back then. They had them packing their groceries and bringing it to the car. There's that. You think you got it new. You don't have. Well, so Jesus, what he did, he says, I'm going to tell you what. I know you're, you feel threatened by me. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to tie the old in with the new. And I'm going to show you what God's doing. And this is the thing that we have a problem with. Sometimes when we're beginning to experience the things of God, we want him to do it in the old way that we're familiar with. Like, for example, if I put a chair up here and I said, tonight, everybody that sits in this chair, you're going to have a miracle. And everybody that comes up here, if their legs uh, crooked, it straightens out. If their arm is messed up, it straightens out. If their heart is bad, they get a new heart. And they come up here and they sit down and they go off. Well, you know what we're going to want to do next week? We're going to want to put that same chair Right back up there and have everybody march right back up and sit in that chair. Because that's our human nature. Well, God did it once, right? And so we're praying over the chair now. Come on, amen. And now, now we're not getting the results, so we just keep praying over the chair. Come on, God, what do you want to do? Why are you not doing it? God says, well, I'm not in the chair anymore. I moved. And God says, I want you to just flow with me. I just happened to use the chair. And so what Jesus wanted to teach them is that he used, they, God just happened to use the fire by night and the cloud by day. But he said, I want you to notice something, that this is what I want you to pay attention to. And he says in John chapter 3, verse 14, Jesus taught us to look up. Look what he said. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The serpents was really bad, and, and they began to bite some of the people. And, and they said, if you get bit, just run to uh, the pole where the serpent is up there, an image of a serpent, and look up on it, and you'll be healed from it. 
And so he was teaching them to look up. And so we see that Jesus Christ come and he put his heel on the serpent's head. And so he was lifted up. And he says, what I need you to do is I need you to realize that I came in your form. I lived as you did. I conquered uh, the things that you struggle with. And now I am lifted up. And if you will look to me, you can be lifted up. For those that are in me, you are in my Father, and we are one. So what he wants you to realize is that he understands where you're at. He understands being at the lower level, but he was lifted up, and he wants you to look up. And he says, if you will look up, then you shall not perish. Now, those children, uh, the the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all of them, they understood all of what he was saying. But what made them angry is that, how dare you to say that you're the Messiah, right? You're the Messiah. And so we have to realize that God is wanting to do something in us, but we can't do it by looking down. We can't do it by looking around, but we must do it by looking up. So he told us to look up. And then we see that he told them in, uh, we also see that the, the next thing is that the early Christians, what they told us. Matter of fact, the, the early Christians in the book of Acts, when they were up in the upper room praying like you're praying on Wednesday nights, they went up to the upper room and they found themselves praying. Well, all of a sudden, while they were praying, Jesus appeared. And they seen Jesus, and of course, he was talking to him. He was on the earth for 40 days, walking around, and many people got raised. From you'd think you'd have a mighty revival if a lot of people were being raised from the dead, wouldn't you? And, uh, but, you know, for some reason, people were just like, ah, I know he was dead, but something still stinks. I know, just something ain't right. He probably really wasn't dead. And, uh, but you'd think they'd been, but so there was this about 120 in the upper room praying and, and all these miracles were happening. And then when they come out, they seen Jesus and they were talking to him. And all of a sudden in front of him, Jesus began to be lifted up in a cloud. And they just kept, and, and they were just so amazed by watching, they just kept looking. So one of the angels finally said, why do you stand here gazing? Why, 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 why do you just stand here? Go, go, go pray, go pray. And they're like, this same Jesus that you see that has left on the cloud will return in like manner. Remember the clouds all the way back? Remember he's teaching the children of Israel to look up, to look at the clouds during the day? This same Jesus, the cloud, will return. Then so he began to call them to look up. Not only did the early Christians taught us, but the church has been told to look up. The church has been told to look up because we see that all of a sudden he says that when in the last days you begin to see these things happen, you know your redemption is nigh. Look what he says in Luke chapter 21 verse 28. He says, now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption. Oh, we're at redemption tonight, aren't we? Your redemption draweth nigh. In the book of Revelation, behold, he is coming with clouds. And every eye will see. And they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, 
Amen. You know, looking up. You know, I know with technology, a lot of people say, yeah, it makes sense that Jesus come back now because, you know, with all the technology we have, if Jesus shows up, then they can broadcast it all over the world because they got satellite and we got phones. Everybody's got phones and we can. Can I tell you, God, long before satellite was invented, long before the phones was invented, God knows how to make himself appear to all mankind. So don't put all your strength and all your might and technology. Put it in the Lord. Put it in the Lord. So I want to encourage you that whatever you're going through tonight, whatever you're going through tonight, if you've been looking down, you got to start looking up. You got to start looking up. This would be, and the pastor's going to come and have communion with you. This would be one thing you could do. One thing you could do is that tonight or any, or when you go home or sometime this week, you could just begin to ask the Lord, Father, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know the first step of how to do it. But I know you know you're my creator. And just tell him this tonight if you do nothing else. I trust you with me. I trust you with me.